This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hello everybody, I'm Kate Fogger, this is Julie Hurt and together we are Making Light. Uh, so this week, if you've been following the um, new and improved is it improved? Maybe more focused. You're more focused um, making like we've been looking at a theme, an overarching theme for AUKUS of being overwork. And each week we're going to look at it in the context of one of the negative beliefs of which there are four. Um, the first one that we looked at last week was unlovable. This week we'll be looking at not worthy. And then the next two will be not good enough and not safe, supported and protected. And in the soul level coaching and indeed in life itself, even if you don't go near soul level coaching, you can look at um, most negative beliefs, I think, will fall into one of those four categories. There are overlaps and there are nuances, but they all fall into those four categories. So it's actually quite a good way to divvy them up. And what we do in soul level coaching is we look at your workarounds, that's your behaviours that you do to avoid the feelings of that negative belief so the behaviors we'll talk about we'll mention as a worker and don't worry if you don't get the language basically these are four negative beliefs we all have them one way or the other and most of the things we feel fall into those are basically anything that feels it doesn't feel good really so um julie and i were very well prepped last week for this this week we've been chatting amongst ourselves and we haven't done any prep at all so um we'll be <laughs> interested to see how this goes so i have I have obviously millions of evidence of um, overwork. And just to clarify, overwork doesn't necessarily mean that you're productive, right? It just means the act of working. Because <laughs> I would say I've done a lot of overwork, very little production at all. Um, I also have 100 million um, episodes of Not Worthy, but whether I have actually pieced them together, I don't know. Have you got anything actually we were talking about earlier? Was that element of overwork? Of, well, um, what we were talking about earlier today or what we were talking about? Today? Are you talking yeah. about reacting to a last minute request from somebody? Yeah, yeah. So, so sorry. Of course, the lawn crew just shows up as we start this. So if there's extra noise in the background, everyone, sorry. Yeah. So I will just back up real quick, though, and say not worthy is <laughs> my favorite negative belief. Only it's because it's the one that has been coming to the forefront for me for the last several years. <laughs> so to give everybody an understanding of like, I mean, we're all working on them at all points in time, but some just kind of rear their heads <laughs> more forcefully. So for me, not worthy has been a big one. Um, yeah, so I just got this last minute request to do something that had already been taken care of. And per a timeline, so I checked, you know, me, I love a timeline, I love a checklist, love a to-do list. You've got, I put, and that's another, so that's it. <laughs> There's so many little things in here now that I think about it. So there's, you know, the fact that I love a timeline, the fact that I love a to-do list is absolutely for me a workaround of not feeling worthy because if I, I will make sure I get things done on time, I will actually make sure they get done early so that I exceed one's expectations. I will do all the things on my to-do list. I will pile that to-do list so full. There's no 
physical possible way a human being could accomplish it all. And yet I will try and kill myself physically in the process. And then you'll feel shit when you can't. And then I feel crap. Yeah, I used to back in the day. So since we've done this work, some of this has loosened its hold on me, if you will. Not that I'm like beholden to it, but I've allowed, I've been able to let things go. I'm going to put it in more active voice, which is also something of not worthy as I put things in passive voice so that it's like being done to me because I, why am I anyway? So when I was younger in my thirties and even to some degree of and forties, I like my weekend, I would make a to-do list like this long. It was like budget, laundry, cleaning, do that, you know, there was no rest in there. And I worked a job that was really demanding to the point where I had heart problems, right? So I had, anyway, and I remember once I was sitting and I was doing laundry. My brother-in-law was over, he lived nearby and he looked at me and he said, do you ever sit down on the weekends? And I was like, well, no, there's always something to do. Like I look at all the things and I had three dogs at the time, all this stuff. Anyway, but I remember the weekend was judged good or bad based on the number of checks I had on that to-do list. And as one ages, <laughs> as well as when one moves into opening up more towards expansion, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, one realizes, eh, does it really matter? because you physically can't handle it. I mean, I can't do the same amount of stuff I used to do. And I don't, and I also mentally don't want to, like, I need time to walk my dog. I need time to read my books. I'm actually finding it's like, it's wanting me to slow down even more. I got all these messages from nature yesterday about slowing down even more. And I'm like, seriously, I thought I was going pretty slow. (laughs) So anyway, so that's that. But yes, I just got, so I finished all this, this, this task. I finished it on time, before time, on time, perfectly, bum, 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 taking it on, all the things. And this morning, the direction changed. So past the timeline, the direction changed, which in my world, that's like, you can't do that. Why would you do that? You've already said, now you, you can't, that's not the plan. <laughs> So it's like, but I, so that kicked in like, well, that was the plan now. Like why? And I agreed, not a problem. I mean, ultimately it's really not a big deal. Who cares, right? It's not a big deal. However, it triggered that, well, it triggered the whole resistance. So that's not the plan. Don't do it. And it also triggered my competitiveness because I could have said, well, I'm this, today is my busiest day of the week. I don't know if I'm going to get to it until I don't know, 1.30, I mean, like several hours from now. And I just didn't want to trigger that someone else would step in and complete it for me. So it triggered this competitiveness and like, no, this is mine. You can't have this. I do this well, like this whole, and it's like, and so you and I were talking about this beforehand and to, and to a large degree, I can look at it. Oh, which is so cool from a hawk perspective or income. I can look at it and yeah, okay. I see it all right. And I can laugh. I'm two things. I'm studying astrology with Dr. Jennifer Freed. And we've talked about negative beliefs in terms of the ninth house this last week. And she said, part of it is when you can see these things and laugh at them, they release their hold on you. And I'm like, oh, I laugh at that all the time. The other thing is August animal lessons that, you know, I do animal lessons every month based on the readings that I had the month prior. 
and at the same time I was formulating all that, I had two juvenile hawks circling over my house, screaming the whole time. And I'm like, okay, 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 I hear you. What's the deal? And they were saying, be observant at what's going on and where your negative beliefs are popping in so that you can better determine what it is that you want. So just now I was just like, oh, look, the hawk is calling in because when you're observant of your negative belief and you can laugh at it, so you can call in hawk medicine for that. That was a long story. And there you go. <laughs> All the things. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, it's still like you're aware of this. You're aware of your inclinations. You're aware of your negative beliefs. You know that somebody else could step in. I don't understand why you're in competition with them because, you know, isn't it? But it's 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 like we get into what we call workarounds. You get into these habits of behavior that are, I wouldn't say they're compulsive, but they're just instantaneous. Yeah. So yes, you can laugh at all these, but it didn't stop you going through the whole reaction, did it? No, it did. No, although I will say this, this isn't the first time this has happened. <laughs> so when it happened this time, when I, when I first thought, I went, oh, busiest day. And then I laughed because then I realized, and this was all before we were on camera. I was actually just getting out of the shower and I was like, and I laughed and I'm like, oh, this is funny. Here we go again. And then I sat there for a minute and thought I could respond. I could, this is conscious choice. So when you get through you, when you figure out your workarounds and all this type of stuff, you get to the step of conscious choice. You then have the ability to say, well, I could respond and say, not a problem. I could say, hey, I'm not going to get to this. I could ignore it altogether and let someone else just absolutely step in. That was not an option for me because my another that workaround of, nope, I own this. I have to take care of it. That stepped in too. Um, but at least I had that moment. So I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back because at least at that point, instead of just reacting without being mindful and aware, I was I was able to just go, huh. And just sit there for just a second and quickly weigh the options and like, no, I can do, and it's, you can do this. This isn't that big of a deal. And then I just played with all the stuff that came up with it. Yeah. You named the workaround though. Yeah. Which one? There were several, which one? <laughs> which one? So I suppose one of them is that reaction of defensiveness. That's a workaround, isn't it? how dare you I've got all this sort of doubt oh now you now this is your fault victimhood all of that that's a that's a workaround I I get that a lot it's like oh my god you've you've thrown my life into disarray things will never be the same again I'll never get over this how dare you and yeah. it's really like, really like if you're just fucking taking a breath okay <laughs> it would be fine but like <laughs> um let's think what the other one was well we don't have to we don't have to go yeah. into that yeah so the reason that you react like that other than your workarounds is because you're busy right if yeah that happened, if that had happened on a day when you were not busy would would you have reacted differently no no okay <laughs> no not at all I mean I might have like done I might I mean in tall truth be told still the notion of this was planned. I already did it perfectly. I did it so great, which in and of itself is all not worthy in 
for, and we should probably even take a step back as to when not worthy kicked in for us, but I, you know, all of that. So that's all to me buttoned up nicely and a little bit, a little bow on top. And now it's being unraveled. That right there is like, bing, that's a thing, right? So even if I, even if this was Tuesday or Thursday, not so busy days like today is jam packed, I still may have gone, really? Like, yeah. this is off plan. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is you didn't, you, as I would, would not give it to somebody else. Like, why not? No, because it's, it's mine, Kate. It's mine. Do you, Do you think it's that? It's this part of the, that's part of the feeling. Yeah. I mean, this, this role, and I, I kind of talk, I don't know if we've talked about this role of peacemaker for me, or if I, I know I've written about it, but this role of peacemaker, which stems to the beginning event, which I'll, you know, in a second, I have a lot of hold still on this identity of peacemaker which I'm actually learning there's some other cool things about it, but we're not going to get into that today because I don't even understand it. However, here's the story. So when I was, so when you go through soul level intuitive coaching, as you know, the guides say, okay, here's the negative belief working on, not worthy. When did it start for me? It started at the age of two for me. Um, my dad would travel nonstop. I might have brought this up last week. I don't remember. My dad used to travel every single week for work. He was a traveling salesman. Um, he would come home, leave on Monday, come home on Friday. Mom by then had me and my tiny sister. And so when dad would walk in the door, I would go, dad, and, she, and he would greet me first and not her. And that would cause resentment, jealousy, pissed off, anything, right, from my mom. But I would feel that. And even though my dad would try to mitigate it, I was the one that stepped in the middle and went, hey, look at me. It's okay. Everything's fine. See, I've got to take, look, you're good. I'm going to back off now. You guys, like, I did took on all this energy in addition to the fact that I was the first grandchild for my paternal grandmother, who was very Catholic, and my mother was not Catholic. And so my dad was the first one to get married. All these things. I brought the family together, or so I'm told, and I was the peacemaker for that too. So I have this whole thing about peacemaker all around me. Anytime anything's ever like, oh no, I I'll figure it out. I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help everybody. I don't help myself, but I keep everybody else happy. So that's also I'm a, I'm a peacemaker too, apparently, but um my counselor had another word for it as well. Oh yeah. Scapegoat. So the scapegoat is the one who takes a fall. Yes, I did that at work all the time. I would totally take the blame for everything. I, would, I don't even know if it's not necessarily you taking the blame. I, the way I, because I wasn't really, I sort of know, you know, you think you know what a scapegoat is and then you have to go and look it up. Um, yeah. But it's also the blame is put onto you as well. So it's not just taking the blame, but the blame is put onto you. You're the scapegoat. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I mean, I see another side to that as well about you not wanting so if I said to you why don't you give it to someone else you didn't say but you could easily have said yeah but I know that Miranda's really busy or I know that Susan's got a lot on and she might not read her emails until three o'clock or you know you would then be defending why those other people couldn't pick up the slack and why yeah 
which is you feeling not worthy of of standing your boundaries and go well actually I don't have time to do this today I'm going to rely on somebody else and that's a very common thing for women and I'm reading that book um I'm so angry Julie she's talking about on our best behavior from Elise Lunen <laughs> women you must read this book <laughs> yeah so angry. like I knew so so basically the book which we've referred to pretty much every week since you got it is about on our best behavior the price women pay to be good um, and she goes through the seven deadly sins and looks at each of them in context um, but I'm at, where am I? Don, pride, envy. I don't know which one it is, but it, it, it's, I don't know, it's pride. Mm. This is true. Of, um, oh, you forgot sloth. Sloth's the first one, right? Oh, yeah, so I've done sloth, envy, pride. So this is just a little detour, but since we're there, um, about how women don't, even women don't like other women who are, and it's the way she, use, she uses the word out there, which I think is so, such a good word, uh, phrase rather. And then the other one, she says th that she's all that. And you just know exactly what she means because I bristle at women who are all that, unless they're like really fucking cool. And, you know, a particular type of woman that I imagine I could be, they're cool. But if they have slight deviations of all, or combinations of that that don't fit with my ideal cool then they're just ridiculous and how dare they and who do they think they are and reading it and I'm sitting there going oh my god we do this to women that women are not allowed to step up so anyway, I suppose what I was what what I was getting at there is this this behavior it's not just that bit but the, the whole thing describes we don't like to to disturb anyone we don't we don't feel able to say I can't do that. So this is women with women. This isn't even you answering to a male boss or something. This is women to women to women. And yet our behaviors run so deep that you don't feel worthy of going, really sorry, I can't actually do that right now. You don't feel worthy of inconveniencing someone else at the you know, in order to save your own expense, if you like. Just mm -hmm. all that. And this is it's so insidious. It's not, I'm just looking at so many things now. And I was like saying to, <laughs> I said to Gary, I was like, you've got to watch it. I said, because I'm reading about the patriarchy and I'm really angry. He <laughs> said, you take your feminine pitch and fuck off. He was joking, of course. But, you know, the point remains, whenever I mention it now, anything else. And here's another thing. And he's just like, <laughs> not interested. Take your patriarchy. <laughs> Because men don't, I mean, he's, he is joking, but the reality is he's not interested. It's of no interest to him. No. I mean, he's not a, Gary's not an alpha male or any or toxic masculine or anything like that. Um, but he still enjoys certain privilege and it's tough tips, mate. You know, that's the way things are. That's the way they are. Yeah. But oh my God. Yeah. Horrible. It's horrible to read right. it and acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, no. There, as far as not worthy goes, and um, and not worthy goes as far as overwork. Yeah, there's, there's. I'll I'll say it this way. I know that there are many things that I do from a workload perspective, 
to keep me busy so that because part of being part of overwork as a workaround of being not worthy is if I stay busy, I don't have to deal with my shit. And the more what's so interesting to me, too, is I look back on this whole process. You know, one of the first things that really happened was Lucas broke my leg, which took me out of the office. This was before COVID. And I would easily get my work done, my paid work done in a couple of hours that normally would take an eight hour day because I didn't have the interruptions. I didn't have to, you know, go to the get coffee and every, you know, I didn't have to do all the extraneous stuff. I could focus, get my stuff done, make my calls, do the emails. And then I had all this time on my hands, which actually I will say now that I look back at that, I actually got, I actually went into like, I would go down into a depression because it was like, oh, my my brain was then like, my brain didn't have something to keep it busy. And I actually started dealing with my stuff. And at the same time, I started Googling like um, different spiritual teachers and even things that Oprah had brought up way back in the day, like Carolyn Mace and whatnot. And then I found Danielle and that's a whole, we went on that track and whatnot, our teacher, our animal communication teacher. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I look back at the moments when it was time to let go of overwork or at least reduce it a little bit, because to let go of it completely, that's such a shock. That's not how humans are built. Um, but a little chip here and a little chip here. And then like when I got COVID earlier this year, which was oddly enough at the same astrological time as I was supposed to slow down, according to, I follow Channing Nicholas anyways. And it was like, no, beginning of the year, don't do anything. Full month of January, don't do anything. And I got COVID and I was forced to not do anything. It was, it was delicious. (laughs) It was infuriating, but it was delicious at the same time. And then yesterday we got these signs too, Lucas and I did of slowing down even more. And I'm like, really? Like I've let go of the board. Let go of other stuff. Like, what else do I? Okay, yeah. That's how I feel. It's like I still feel busy. Not not mental busy or anything like that, but I still sort of question like, oh, what am I supposed to be doing today? Am I going to have time? If somebody says, can you do such and such, or ask me how to do a social event, I'm sort of like, you know, there's still less sort of underlying fire alarm going off in my head, going, oh, I'm sure you've got something you should be doing. So I, I mean, I've slowed down a lot, um, but I still feel busy and what's interesting is the less I do or the less commitments I have my feeling of overwork doesn't really reduce Hmm. because I'm still I think it's it's something that comes that's not the right I'm saying this the wrong way around it's the law of attraction thing your feeling of overwork is nothing to do with what physical things you have on your plate it is obviously there is an effect of the physical environment but a feeling of overwork comes from the inside Mm. you create that and Mm. then that's what so and then you fill your day with stuff and that's what overwork is like what I'm saying is the external pressures may have gone away but I've still found stuff to fill my day I still am busy I still have things I have to do and there's still this sort of underlying urgency to get things done because and this is what's interesting about Eva Baronius describing overwork as a stress response yes so when I get I guess it's because I think I am dealing with my shit but obviously but there is this element of when I get when you get stressed 
my tendency and I think yours is too is to go do something because then I'm like I am now achieving I'm worthy I am Mm. a productive a contributing member of society so this is all subconscious this isn't consciously but when I'm busy even if it's fucking trivia you know spreadsheet that doesn't you know working out how much electricity we've actually used you know because I don't trust the bills that come you know it's like that I can get sucked into a spreadsheet and I can spend four what was I doing yesterday I can spend four or five hours in a spreadsheet you know because I'll find some little flaw in it and I'll have to hunt it down even though it's only 2p it's like not about the 2p it's like where is the mistake you know it's like I don't understand why my sums are wrong you know that sort of thing well I was doing something yesterday and I was like fuck I could spend the whole morning doing this it's like when you're in this state and this is law of attraction when you're in this state even though I'm going out of my way to clear my decks whenever I go to do something so I would have been doing shopping or something on Tesco's and then something will come up that will require me to go and do something else that will require me to go and do something else and suddenly before I know it I've got a chain of seven tasks that all have to be accomplished and then I have to backtrack to my original task do you find yourself doing that? Um, I find myself doing that when I'm wandering around the house. <laughs> like I went to go do something and on the way, like say, for example, I went to go do laundry, which is downstairs, right? So I go, I see, it probably sparks with, I see an errant sock. My husband's really good at using the house as his closet. Love you, Brad. But <laughs> so wherever he undresses is where the piece of clothing stays. <laughs> so I might've seen an errant cloth at sock and then think, well, I'm just going to walk it downstairs to the laundry bin. So when I do laundry and then along the way, I see that there's other things like the chair at the table is not put back or and I start straightening up. And then I forget why I actually have this sock in my hand because I've gotten so distracted by all of it. Yeah, I, that's a, that's a big deal, I think. And and I know like, too, for us, kind of take a tangent, was part of not worthy early on in this in these careers of ours, you and I would talk about not worthy also showing up as not contributing, thinking that we're not contributing to the household. And we would we would be out of our minds trying to prove to someone else that even though the money isn't the same as it was, we are still worthy of having this downtime. Like we desperately wanted this, the downtime and desperately wanted the reconfiguration we had a heart, you and I remember just talking about from a, a money perspective, but even just trying to justify, I do the laundry, I do the cooking, I do all these things, I take care of the dog, I do all this stuff. See, I'm still contributing to the household, it just might not be in money. And I remember the, like that to me was another, we talked about that for a couple of weeks at least, <laughs> yeah. Still a yeah. really big thing for me. And in fact, I did actually ask Gary if he could contribute more so that I can contribute a bit less because obviously I'm just eating into my savings mm-hmm. and actually he agreed you know because and why shouldn't he really and then I go into this like I don't I'm scared to look in the bank account to see if he actually has or not because I don't want to have to ask him again and then I go into the is it really fair is it fair for me to you know and then I start doing sums in my head well I used to earn more than him I used to put 300 pounds a month in more than him and that was for 10 years how does that count is it do you know it's like I I'm still like trying to justify it because I don't feel I don't feel like a worthy partner like you know that all this about marriage you know is very much I think a partnership as I've said rather than this unconditional nonsense love bollocks whatever it is you know and it's it's 
am I worthy of being I mean it's not like he's supporting me but am I worthy of paying a little bit more is that you know then I go into the is it fair and I think that's Kate being fair because I am a very fair person why am I so fair why 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 because this is all part of my I realize I've just seen that just there it's unworthiness as well it's like well if it's fair then it's not about this intangible worth of someone being loved or cherished for who they are if it's fair then it's all been worked out and it's quantifiable does that make sense you know what I mean it's yeah yeah fair, fair, we can put in a box and say well I deserve to be here yeah you know it's but fair, it's black and white. Yeah. All the touchy-feely stuff about, well, what do I, what value do I, oh, that makes me want to cry. What value do I have as a person? <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if it's fair, defined externally of you, right? If there is a definition of fair to which we stride and which we abide by, right? If Then it removes the... I don't want to say like responsibility on us, but it takes, we get to step back and get back in that passive voice. Yeah. If it's fair, then I know what I'm supposed to achieve. It then also takes away, if I know what fair is, I don't have to deal with how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the universe wants us, or the divine animals, everybody wants us to understand how do you feel about that? Because fair, there is, even though, you know, you looked at the thing for scapegoat, you know, and there's no, this definition thing. There may be a definition. It's even, it's interesting too. Elise Lunin does this whole thing on Instagram and I love it. And she even has it in the book, the entomology of a word. She takes the word in English currently, in American English at that. And then she breaks it down and takes it back to, a root, to its root is what it really meant. And you can see how it gets completely, mis- can get completely misconstrued because we can't stick to a definition because for each one of us, we're either going to manipulate it to our favor, favor or not completely understand it or whatever. We all get caught up in something and that's a whole other thing. So it never, there is no fair. It can't be. But- yeah. Yeah, but it's it's like you say, it's a shield almost. It's like if 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 I believe this is fair, I don't have to poke any deeper. You know, I can just say, well, that that's fair because then we don't have to go into my self worth. Right, right, <laughs> right. Oh, you yeah. see, I'm still struggling with that concept that people are. I mean, I can see it, can see it for everybody else except me. That, you know, the idea that we are valuable simply by being who we are. I still can't quite embrace that feeling for myself. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you can see it. Because if you couldn't see it, you would be having this conversation. But yeah. Um, and, you know, you know what it's like. You have a client or a session with somebody and you know you've changed their life. You know, you know that you've brought some joy or a chink of light in and you think, well, isn't that worth, how much is that worth? Yeah. In monetary terms. I'm mm. actually getting very sad. Is this at least, is it the book or has it just been sort of general observation? Just how everything in our society now is about 
what it's worth financially like it just feels like there's no go- oh that's it we get we gave up sky right because sky have been fiddling the prices up and up and up and then every time we have the conversation it's been going on for on and off for 15 Wait, years tell people what sky is i know what it is it's it's a british so sky's a satellite tv but they also provide the broadband and we still pay for landlines which i don't know they do and they do packages with mobile phones and everything i mean they're massive um and they do a lot of premium channels sports sky sports is a big one and you, you know for british sports but like we don't have any of those premium channels we have like the discovery why do we spend why are we paying this and we go through or abandon off the this and off the that so then you actually end up going well okay it may be a massive bill right it tells me my internet connection is unstable that's because we just dropped sky <laughs> oh yeah well, and you've been dropping as you've talked about this you've started to freeze a little bit here and there <laughs> sky's cutting us off um so you know they do it so that actually all you're actually paying for the tv and now of course because it's hd and now we've got ultra hd and that's four pounds here and four pounds here and and of course if you've got like the like why are you paying extra for hd it's been around for 100 years like you you can't actually but it's all these little things and try and stop this guy but then when you actually look at you go well actually we had to if we stop that then we'd lose all of these benefits so every month we go through this and eventually we're like right enough so we've bought a different cable that goes to satellite and we've got rid of sky and i can't remember where i'm going with this oh that's right so now we're left with general normal tv which has adverts a lot of sky does but you know on sky you're able to record and so you can fast forward at least through the adverts so now we're going through this and i'm so guy goes apoplectic if we have to watch adverts so i actually paid for just paid for channel four is the, the all four which is one of our programs that we watch and you can you can pay. Have I died? Have you died? Has anyone died? You just froze. Yeah, me. And now you're back. <laughs> everything, everything in our society is about money. Yes. Everything is about what what advertising revenue can I squeeze out of this, that, and other. So I've actually also done a YouTube um premium, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a lot. Yes. You know, so we're actually everything we're saving on Sky, we're going to end up paying because now you're paying 15 different people instead of just one. But it's, it just becomes, it's like advertising so insidious. It's everywhere. It's like you can't escape it. And, and I try to think of a utopian world where that doesn't happen. You think it, in, in a capitalist society, that could never exist, could it? Well, in a capitalist society, oh, the not paying for something, not having... Not having advertising. Yeah. Well, no, because in order to keep capitalism, you have to continually fuel consumerism. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and all of consumerism is about not worthy from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. So you're either not good enough or you're not worthy and you can't out your car's not. If you don't have this, then you're not worthy of that or, you know, all of it. It's just, and I'm just, you know, and I'm trying to think, how do I escape this? It's actually opening up a much bigger thing for me about where can I live? where I don't have to be a part of this. And I don't know where that, if ever. Um, You know, it's funny, I've been playing with that actually. (laughs) What, what can I, how long can I go without having to buy something? 
and I don't necessarily put food in that, but I do also, because when I go to the grocery store, I'm very, I mind where we create a menu planning thing. And then we buy what we need for the week. Much like when I lived in Germany, you would buy almost every day what you needed for that day. And you didn't have refrigerators. Like we had a tiny refrigerator when I lived in Germany. So, you know, we don't even have the, you didn't even have the big things that we do here where I can store Armageddon could come and I could have a generator and my fridge would still work. And yes, that's what we're supposed to do. I don't have any, I don't have that stuff anyway. But what's interesting to me is this year we bought a share of fresh produce from the farm that's two blocks from my house. So every Tuesday afternoon, I go and I get the stuff that's allotted to me and I'm getting produce I've never eaten in my life. Fennel, didn't know anything about it. Uh, patty pans, not a I could have done with fennel actually. I forgot to buy it last week. Oh, it's delicious. It's delicious. Celery and apple. What was it? It was a smoked mackerel, fennel, celery and apple salad. Ooh, that sounds good. Yeah. Oh, nice. can we can we post the recipe to that in the in the notes? Are we allowed to do that? Sure. As long as you give it credit. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I think anyway, so, but what it's, what's happening is I get a lot of food because we got the full share and it's just the two of us. So now I'm, and I'm using the greens. So when we get beets, I'm using the greens. When we get turnips, I'm using the greens, the cow, the cell, all of it. So I'm forced to use all of this food and not waste. That's my challenge to myself. Not wasting the thing, all of it. Yes. There's a little bit of stress. Yes. There's a little bit of over, not a little bit. There's overwork in there. However, the pleasure and the enjoyment from playing with all of this abundance and food is also freeing me up from going to the grocery store and buying the same damn thing for five times the price, maybe not even as nutritious because I know where this is coming from and I know how it was cultivated. I don't know where that stuff was cultivated. So it's like all this type and I'm realizing I would I have more fun in the kitchen than I've ever had. I don't cook actually. I bake, but I don't cook. Now I'm cooking and, and I'm realizing I don't need all the stuff that I needed. And I don't, yeah, it's, it's just interesting just to be in overwork in that regard and watch what I like, what brings me pleasure, what doesn't, what I don't and what, yeah. So. Yeah. Cause there is a danger that, that when you're in overwork, you start counting pleasurable things as work because you're stressed. Yeah. Cause like if I go out with my friends and I, I did on Saturday and I had a lovely day but then when I get back this comes back because there's all this other stuff I didn't do because I was out with my friends you know and it's like you know you, it's sort of like you it's almost like I need to have a word with myself about it's okay to get tired tired does not mean that you're stressed yeah. like doing social things is also tiring but if you're in overwork everything you do makes you tired and then you feel stressed about it and it's just a a cycle of of stressiness yeah <laughs> yeah no I, yeah cooking that I'm doing at the moment it does I have to leave an hour for it because it takes it takes so that I, what I'll do actually thinking of the recipe is I'll take a picture of it and post it on Facebook and then we can mention it in the comments because then you get then she'll get her credit because actually it's a really nice book oh good oh yeah no I would take a picture yeah however you want to do it yeah I'll put pictures in the notes. you can't put pictures in this 
No, but you could link to the book and say the recipe is this. It's in this book page block. You could do that. That would be cool. I could check it out from the library. I get my cookbooks from the library, which is kind of fun too. So anyway. Actually, just because I just, um, I I see Gary actually said to me, this is not my not worthy. Since you seem to be buying an awful lot for somebody that doesn't have any money. And because I'm spending 20 quid on this padlock thing so that I can lock my keys on the car rather than take it with me because um if you go to as i told you we were up the trossacks which sounds like a naughty film um up where the locks are and i have a keys in my toe float which is the bag you take out when you're wild swimming and i actually dropped my toe float and it fell in the water and i managed to get down and round and pick again um but i realized that actually it's not a good place to leave your keys really yeah so I've been worrying about saving money. I've suddenly, I mean, I've probably only spent a hundred quid, but it's a fact that I'm buying stuff all the time. And every time I look, there's more that I could have. And they're all stupid little things. Have you got Temu? Do you guys have Temu? Oh my God. I see the ads for that all the time. And I just, I close it. I close it every single time. But I can't, I can't Google anything without Temu being the first thing that comes up. Like they must be spent billions on advertising yeah and for stuff that looks like inexpensive yeah chicken feeder I looked up and and Tamu came out and I just didn't couldn't work out the picture so I just thought I just visited just to try and see didn't really couldn't work out the picture but you can't even enlarge the picture and I was thinking I have no idea what I'm buying but it's only like 79p maybe I should buy it anyway mm, that is the epitome of consumerism isn't it Yes. 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 And they know this. They being me in the for my former life of advertising, they know exactly what they're doing. It's very effective. It is. I know. I know. Yeah. So I know. Sorry, we're probably moving off topic and we probably need to wrap up so that we're not keeping everybody, which is also a feeling of not worthy. Don't want to keep you all. (laughs) Dare we? Yeah. So for both of us, actually, the I think the unworthy definitely leads to overwork. I'm not yes. saying it's the only thing. It's yeah. not my biggest one, but it's it's up there. Yeah, it's my biggest one. I think not lovable was your biggest one, right? But not worthy for me is well, not good enough historically. Well, well mm. it all gets quite complicated because my not good enough followed by my not worthy are both actually workarounds for being unlovable. Mm. But Am I not good enough? Um, well, no, there's a, actually, it's pretty strong, certainly in, with overwork, not worthy is pretty strong because of the need to, to prove my productiveness. Yeah. And it's next week, strong. yeah. And next week we talk about not good enough as the negative belief that fuels our overworking, right? So we'll get into it even more next week. Uh, <laughs> but can I say, like, we would love to hear from everybody on what your thoughts are on overwork. How does it kick in your feelings of feeling not worthy? How does it even, even from last week, how does it kick in your feelings of not lovable? And if you have thoughts on how it kicks in your feelings of not good enough, go ahead and share in the comments in chat below. We would love to hear from you. Um, If you would please subscribe to this channel, as you know, we're trying to grow our subscribers and we're getting close to a hundred. So if you can help us, that would be really good. That way other people can find us and subscribe as well. You can hit the little bell to get notifications of when we have a new episode, which is every Friday. 
So let's see. I think with that, I'm Julie Heert. With me as always is Kate Fago. This is Making Light Two Humans Being, and we will see you next week. And thank you so much for being here today. See you soon.